0: Welcome to episode 23, 23 of Bastard Pastors. Today we can call it Bastard Rabbis. Woo woo. Uh, nice. We have a guest, Ali. I, I don't know your last name. Cohen. Oh, I should have guessed. Um, Why no. should you have guessed? I don't know. I think I knew that. Because <laughs> I, it didn't sound. That sounds really bad. I just should have known That's because I, because of Facebook. That's where I was going with. Um, I should have known. Sorry, that sounded really I don't racist. Know. <laughs> Well, we're starting off. No, great. now Justin's nervous. <laughs> uh, now no, I'm no. nervous because um, I something stupid. nervous about
1: being on our podcast today because of the. High production value, right? And the the, the tens of the tens of <laughs> listeners.
0: Alex Cohen is a rabbi, brand new. Oh,
2: no, one week from Saturday. Oh, so you don't I become? Be, oh, what's be the initiation? You have
1: you, go, you what, have an ordination process. What do yes. they do? Do
0: you get ordained at the church you're going to in Florida?
2: No, in Plum Street Temple here in Cincinnati. This so what do the they do? Oh, the Plum Street Temple, Temple. beautiful, it's really pretty. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: So what will they do? So we have Do you have a, to do a Torah reading?
2: Well, we have a Shabbat service for our, our Sabbath service, but then there's also the ordination process is the president of our school is a rabbi, blesses each student individually. Okay. Ooh, will he say,
0: like, you hey, your own blessing just for you? Yes. What will right you say in front of you? the
2: ark? I don't know, I'll have to let you know. What What's says. the <laughs> ark? The ark is where we keep our Torah scrolls.
0: Oh, in the, like, hidden compartment. Yes. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> my favorite thing about uh, Beth Adam. When I went to Beth Adam. um... I was behind the thing, I was like, what is in that cage? Because they have these cool <laughs> cage doors, and I'm like, well, in my head, I was like, is there an animal in there? Like, like, and then she, the there's a male rabbi and a female rabbi, and he does like the angry teaching, and then she comes and does something really positive and encouraging. That was sort of their <laughs> shtick, I guess. But um she That's opens like it you up. It's that like you would be a legend. It's kinda true. She opens it up and then she unscrolls the scroll and reads up Torah portion. I was like, This is the coolest oh, thing I've name. ever seen. I love it. So
2: I'm gonna to chant Torah on
0: Ooh, can you do a chant a Torah too. chanting for us real quick? Right on the spot. Well yeah, I right have to
2: have the trope because there's different um it tells oh. you how to sing the Hebrew. Do you oh. have a
0: piece memorized?
2: Hmm. Well Arveya Hafta is a prayer that says do we it. shall love <laughs> Ooh,
0: what if you were a really bad singer? <laughs> Does that happen a lot. Are you listening to some people like that? Happens oh my to God. priests. Some
2: people just read the Torah and they don't chant yeah.
0: it. So oh. do you I get, get more points for
2: chanting? <laughs> it makes you a better candidate, rabbi points. right? Rabbi points. Yeah. I want to talk about the rabbi process. I think it's
1: adjusted because priests do because priests I have to sing, sing. stuff can all sing. the time too, but they can't. Lots of times you get priests out there who just are tone deaf and can't. <laughs> Thanks for coming to serve. I can't today. sing. It'd be awful if I had to do that. To be awful because I literally cannot uh, where sing. Where does the
0: so? It's in Jewish history. It's obviously in a lot of like Gregorian Latin history. Where does the chanting come from? And does want do does Christianity pick it up from a Jewish tradition? I think or it's just,
1: it's just singing. It's just a formalized style of singing. Right at the end of the day, it's just singing. So chant is a oh, style so. of singing. Like I don't.
0: I'm it, sure but there was, was a time it where it became that's what we do because I'm sure that's not how it's always been, right?
2: Right. We have trope marks that were put in sometime in our tradition. I'm not sure when it was added, but so don't like even know in our Torah scroll there are no trope marks, so you right. have to learn how mm. you to chant it before you get to the Torah. So
0: at some point, someone came in,
2: and they've, they just like the adding vowels. accent marks
0: right, to the. Oh, uh, it around the same time. Did yeah. you do
1: Hebrew? Hebrew was my worst subject. Like I. Just, I, I'm a relatively good student. I don't. I'm not great at languages, and I. But during Hebrew, I we had our second kid. I got mono, Oof. and I was also doing advanced Greek while I was doing introduction. He, he went, I, that that teacher mercy passed me out of that class. I feel bad because I. I now wish that I was really fluent. I wish that I knew it. For no practical reason. There's no benefit to my day-to-day life to knowing ancient Hebrew, but I wish that I did. Do you do ancient and modern Hebrew, or So we used to learn ancient?
2: biblical Hebrew um, for studying, and then we also learned modern Hebrew. Our oh, first really? year of rabbinical school is spent in Israel. Right. Oh, so awesome. That's we modern cool. Did you Hebrew. love Israel? I loved Israel. Oh,
0: we could talk about Israel forever, too. Where'd you stay Hold on. I just had a thought real quick. I didn't mean to say... <laughs> I didn't mean to say I should have known. What I meant to say is I should have guessed, or I should have remembered... Only because Brianna, her last name's Cohen. I really like the Cohen brothers. And so I've never (laughs) seen on Facebook. But now I'm sitting here like reflecting like that sounded really bad. Anyway, there you go.
1: There you go. When you get ordained, do you get ordained to a particular branch of Judaism in general, or do you get ordained to your local synagogue or temple So my
2: seminary is for Reform Judaism. So there are many different denominations of Judaism just like in Christianity. And so the three, I would say the three main branches of Judaism in America are Orthodox, Con- Conservative, and Reform. Okay. So we're, I'm Reform, and we call it Reform Without the ED because we're always reforming, and we look at Judaism through a modern lens, so yeah. we're evolving with the times. Ooh,
0: so what is it, what do you mean by modern lens, though? Like, so, so, or give me an example.
2: Yeah, sure. So in Orthodox Judaism, they would, it's all about how you interpret our tr- textual tradition, really. Right. So in Orthodox Judaism, they look at the Torah more literally, right. and- that,
0: Those are the ones that, like, uh, a female would not shake hands with you sort of deal, right?
2: Um. Right, They well, they don't allow women to be rabbis and orthodox I know but like do you know
0: do you know Susan who comes to Red Tree Uh, short lady she's like uh, very into she's into her Judaism but she's not orthodox but her whatever she is she's somewhere in the middle but her daughter is like extreme and her daughter won't shake hands won't right like uh,
2: because they are more modest and so they reserve that type of personal touch for their husbands if they're married but so then um, in Orthodox Judaism, they would really interpret the Torah as literal mm-hmm. and they're observe- they really observe the rituals in a more literal way. And in Reformed Judaism, we look at the Torah through a modern lens. So we're always um, in light of modernity, really. Right. So I'm trying to give an example. Let's see. So, for example, on Shabbat, our Sabbath, the Orthodox, they won't drive to right. the synagogue right? Um, because they say you're supposed to rest on Shabbat. So driving is a form of work. We don't drive. Okay. Much. So we say, well, it's kind of hard to get to the synagogue sometimes without driving. So we'll drive. And, we, you know, for us, it's more about Shabbat is our time to be with family, to right. to rest, but also to just spend time yeah. in a different way, right. um, making the day.
1: So now that you're, important. once you become ordained in Reformed Judaism. Reform. Reform, sorry. Um, that actually is a good, there's a good Protestant sort of, because the product, the motto of the Protestant Reformation was always reforming, but so many Protestant churches got locked into we're a reformed church. Mm-hmm. Whereas Martin Luther would say, almost similar to what you said, no, no, we are always adjusting and always mm-hmm. learning and always growing and towards new things, right. which I think is interesting. But um, so now could you then go to any temple that is reformed in america at this point and you, yes. you got the qualifications to go work there professionally yes.
2: so we just had a placement process okay um, Ooh, placement this is on. awesome
0: this is like what happens with doctors
1: yeah it's like medical oh, okay. school
2: matching and we go through a whole placement process with interviews the all of the temples who are searching for a rabbi meet all of the upcoming to be ordained students how many upcoming
0: rabbi. were there when with you
2: the synagogues? Yeah. Well, yeah. how many
0: upcoming how many students? Students, students when you oh, went? Because you just maybe did this a couple months ago, two months ago? Yeah. Two
2: months ago, maybe 30 students, I to
0: say. Oh, so 30, and that's all of the whole
2: entire that's United States class. representation? So for reform, so our school, Hebrew Union College, Jewish Institute of Religion, we have three <laughs> campuses in the state. So after we come back from Israel, we pick which campus we want to go to right. stateside. So there's Got one it. in New York, one in LA, and one in Cincinnati.
1: The Cincinnati one's a big deal. People don't realize how influential. The, right, the Reform
2: Judaism really yeah. began here. Well, the
1: Dead Sea Scrolls are discovered by the folks at the the school here in Cincinnati, and like a lot of the scholarship that came out of that came out of Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and people don't know how big a deal that was, That's which is cool.
2: Crazy,
0: yeah. um, so then, yeah, keep going because I love this process.
2: So then we go, we pick out which temples we want to apply to, and we send them our materials first then they say whether they want to give us an interview when we go to All right, them.
0: how many did you send I, your info to? Um
2: interviewed. I got all of my interviews, so I had 8. Ooh. And all eight, 8 said yes. Yes. So then wow. I interviewed with 8. It was in Los Angeles. We met them there. And how many um, female
0: rabbis are there in the Reform Church? A lot or not a lot?
2: Yeah, now it's about 50/50. Oh, cool. So that's cool. So I had 8 and then I had 4 callbacks. So I flew to So four places. people were like no. Uh, no. You can be like, I hate no them now. No, <laughs> no, oh, no. So then after that, I actually had two offers, and I had to choose which synagogue. Awesome. So I'm going to Congregation B'nai Israel in Boca Raton, Florida.
0: Yeah. And it's like... I uh, Florida. Well, your choices were Florida and Arizona, right? Arizona. Um, yeah, and it's like, they all call. It's just like, school at 11 o'clock on a Saturday, you're getting your calls. Oh, wow. Well. So you got one call and what did you say like no, hold on a sec and someone's beeping in yeah it's,
2: it's during the week the same time you have to wait and you're sitting by the phone i was like sweating like, oh, my, oh gosh. my god and then stress eating
0: yeah. <laughs> ice cream i'm
2: like i just don't want to pass out in the next five minutes <laughs> so i got a phone call arizona called first and as what time calling, did they call What's it, like 11 two, o'clock is when they were supposed to... It was or, two like 10 or something, but it was like 2 minutes to 10 or something. So they call know. it
0: 2 minutes early. Yes. Ooh, they're trying to get a jump <laughs> yes. on the
2: So then... As they're calling, Florida's calling at the same time. It's like, beep, beep. So are you, like, <laughs> leveraging
1: in the back and forth in the car? Like, well, I got another guy on the line. He's <laughs> offered me this. Can you beat that? No. Or is uh, it a pretty standard, like, is it standard across yeah, all of them? I had
2: said that, you know, I, I actually have another offer, and um I need time to think about this. Yeah. Can I take wow. a moment to what do they process say? all of this? Take it now or never. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they gave me the time.
0: Ooh, that's so nerve-wracking. Um, I
2: think I had a half hour to just... Make my you don't have
0: to answer this, but I do find it fascinating. You guys make a lot of money, right?
2: <laughs> well, there's a salary study that... Right. all the temples to yeah. really try to push them to give us a
1: competitive Protestant churches do the same thing Protestant churches will look at denominational churches right? yeah Protestant denominational churches they're yeah, more that's where we screwed up going non-denominational yeah, going non-denominational dependent
0: they're like well we, you get what we get you <laughs> we don't care there's no study there's no one
1: like us Because the Pro- so the, Pro- the Presbyterian church I used to work at would say you have to have a PhD to be a head pastor here and PhDs have an organization of 500 with a budget of a million dollars I think it was about what we were at they tend to make this amount of money across the board, mm. so they tried to come up with a salary that was competitive to that, with the idea being that if not, the best people are going to go work for some other field, like competitively, like it's a market-based project, yeah, that that doesn't fly. I joke yeah. all the time, like I got my master's degree and nobody in our church cares that I got a master's degree. Right. Like, well, no.
0: I was one credit, I literally one credit from getting my master's and I stopped and people were like, oh, you should go get well, it. And I'm like, stopped. Whoa. Well, it stopped becoming free. I got fired from the institution, I at, and it wasn't free anymore. So I was like, "Well, I'm not paying for it." And so people were like, "You should get it." I'm like, "For what? For what? you, might got, you it, probably got the
1: knowledge." What were you saying? Yeah,
0: it was just so I was working at CCU, Cincinnati Christian University, and KC. I could, CCU, and I got uh, you know they they had one degree, this Master's of Arts in Religion. In pastoral studies or something like that that you could do at night. And so I was like, oh, I, it pays for it. I'll just do it for free. And then I got fired right before me and like the whole admissions department got fired together. Uh, like right when I only had like one class left to take, oh, no. and it was like a one credit hour class. And I was like, yeah, oh, well, screw it. I'm not paying for it. <laughs> so, it's but so it's not that big a deal. It really doesn't mean anything.
1: Well, the inside it's weird in Christianity. This is a sort of a tangent, but inside, especially non-denominational Christianity, education can be a detriment a lot of times. There's right. this idea that if that you've gone off to school and learned from those liberals at college or whatever it right. is. And so like, I, and I get people all the time. I think of one person in particular who will argue a more fundamentalist sort of take on the Bible with me. And I'll say, no, no, what, but this happened, this happened, this happened. I'm like, well, I know you learned that at your school. I'm like, yes, I did. And this is the only field in the world. where saying, I know you learned that at your school is a negative. Like, if I was like, well, I went to med school and I learned that you should do this and this and this, they'd be like, oh, cool, you're educated and trained. Whereas in Christianity, if I was like, well, I went to school and I learned this and how to read and study scripture and study history and study literature, like, well, and they just decide that they can tell you what things mean on that side. But it doesn't seem like other other religions don't, or other cultures don't tend to take that same yeah. negative stance toward education that I, I think is true in ours. Well, and
0: I've met a lot of people who have their doctorates in ministry and they're the dumbest people I've ever met. <laughs> I, well, what I've realized, like... There's biblical studies, which I think is extremely valuable. And then
2: there's people skills. And then there's Well, there's yeah,
0: people skills. There's people <laughs> skills as well. But the people who do pastoral degrees, which is what mine was, I was like, These classes don't mean any like they're yeah. dumb, like really like useless. Yeah. Like, you know, how to keep people at your church and they're like I mean it was just basically people raising their hands offering advice. I'm like, I'm paying for this.
1: <laughs> so now this are you going like, you're going to a synagogue or to a temple? Um, or are there same, differences? same, the same thing. It, yeah, same thing. Okay. Got it. And then when you pick a... So you picked a place in Florida. Are you from... You're not from Cincinnati.
2: No, I'm from New Jersey. Okay.
1: Now, sure. so you pick this place in Florida. Does that tend to be like a lifetime stay or do you move around a lot? So
2: the first contract's for three years. Okay. Usually it's always for three years. And then um, if it's a nice match, then you yeah. can stay there. Okay. So did really you plans. um?
0: Did you always want to be a rabbi?
2: I no, I didn't always want to be a rabbi, but my I think my path really pushed me there along the way. What what path is this? So when I was eighteen months old my parents Eighteen months? Eighteen months old. Jeez, you remember? (laughs) No, no, I don't remember. But my parents (laughs) got divorced when I was eighteen months old. Okay. And I grew up with my mom. And my mother was president of the sisterhood at the synagogue, which is a women's group. Okay. And I was told that the whole entire sisterhood came to our home to support my mom, Mm -hmm. my brother, and I, as my dad had packed his belongings and moved out of the home. Right. And from then on, the synagogue really was my extended family growing up. Yeah. They were my, really my family. And the congregants knew me before I knew them. So when I entered Sunday school or Hebrew school, we call it, the, all the congregants knew me and they were my aunts and my Bubbies and Zadies. Oh, that's cool. And my family members. Yeah. So then I went to Brandeis for undergrad. Uh-huh. I studied sociology. I thought I was going to go into social work, but I also love to sing. So I thought I might be a cantor, which is the person that sings with the rabbi. Mm-hmm. Also a clergy, a member of the clergy team. And I was studying sociology at Brandeis, and I was asked to be one of the prayer leaders for the Hillel, which is the Jewish Mm -hmm. group on campus. And it finally clicked to me that, and occurred to me, that Judaism was this path in my life that always, Mm -hmm. that thread that continued throughout my life. And I realized that that's what I needed to do, that I could do the counseling, I could sing, I could teach, I could put all my passions together. That's awesome. For So for me, it's really, I want to be able to create that sense of family, that yeah. congregational family that I had growing right. up for other people. That's,
0: that's what I was going to ask. Is that what you, when you sat down with these rabbis, is that what your your kind of angle was? Like, hey, look, this is what I experienced is what I want other people to experience. Yes. Yeah, so. And they all like that. I As now, so. do <laughs> our, a lot of reform synagogues or temples, is that a focus, like creating that family sort of community?
2: I would hope so. I mean, really, each synagogue, it depends on the leadership of the rabbi that's right. really driving the yeah. synagogue. But that's what I would hope. I wanted to I want my congregation to feel that they have a place to be, that they have a home.
0: So then you're going to be second in command? Is that sort of how that works?
2: I was. I'm actually going to be, I wouldn't say, we're all going to be a team, but I'm going to be the assistant rabbi. There's going to be right. an associate as well.
0: Oh, so the associate is like,
2: A little 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 higher, higher, and then a senior rabbi.
0: Now, what will you do? What's your assistant rabbi responsibilities?
2: So my abilities will really span the whole congregation. So I'll be, the synagogue has 800 congregants, and they also have a preschool of about 400 students. Oh Um, my gosh, 400? It's really big, yeah. Is it
1: 400 specifically Jewish students? No okay
2: so actually the that's a great you know great point to bring up because I guess one of the ideas is could we bring some of those preschoolers or yeah. those families into the congregation and also in reformed Judaism, a lot of our families are interfaith families we are very okay. open right very inclusive mm-hmm. to everyone. So.
0: It sounds a lot like Beth Adam, but they're so soci- uh, secular humanists right And so fantastic. they because they still do Sunday school. Um, which I always thought was interesting because I was like, well, what are you teaching? And they're like, well, we teach the Torah. I'm like, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Cause then, and then the, the female rabbi, she would always give Bible like uh, midrashes or whatever else. And, but then the guy would get up there and explicitly say, this has nothing to do with God. This has everything to do with us and what we're doing and how we're making a better world because God isn't a part of that. Um, so I was always like, man, what a weird mixed message. Right, humanists are very really <laughs>
2: different because they don't necessarily view God in the same right. way as Reformed. Yes. Right. So
0: um, interesting. what uh Oh, so this might sound weird, but I actually really am interested in your answer, and it doesn't really matter what you answer. What are your thoughts on Jesus?
2: So I believe that Jesus existed. Obviously. Um, don't, I don't pray to Jesus right. sure. being a Jew, but I do believe Jesus was... Son of God and, right. and Jewish. Okay,
0: so that so because I really I'm only asking out of complete ignorance. Um, so Jesus was Rabbi, first century. You're in, but not Messiah.
2: Um, I'm not sure. I guess I believe that like, Jesus was a Messiah for people. Right. But I do believe that. Gotcha.
0: Okay. So then, because so because Orthodox Judaism is still waiting for Messiah to come and write mm. and bring order and justice. To the world, right? right? For the kingdom of God to enter.
2: Right. So the reform view of the Messiah is really more of a messianic time or a messianic era and not mm-hmm. necessarily a person.
0: And are we in the messianic era now? Not yet. Okay, not yet. So Jesus being back. a messiah, did that? Is that starting to usher in that messianic time or it's just there are many messiah-ish characters? I don't know. I'm just no. asking. <laughs>
2: I think it probably was a messiah for that right. period of time.
0: Do we have a messiah for this period of time?
2: Not a, I wouldn't say a person oh, okay I would hope we can all be God's hands here on yeah. earth you know working towards bringing our time our society now to that era mm-hmm. of more peace more do goodness. you think
1: there's a do you think there's like a cataclysm? do you think there's an end point do you think there's like a, there's there's a stock point in history do you think that evolution just continues? Does that oh question God. make any sense? Because I, I used to think there was a hard stop point. Yeah, I think
0: was a my, destruction my of everything. My faith tradition taught that. But um, I don't
2: think like in the future.
0: Yeah, sometime in the future. Like, be it a could day be tomorrow, where Could be tomorrow. Could be hundred
2: years. like, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, I don't
0: think that anymore. But, uh, well, but that's how I, I, I was so raised. So I still got
1: messages that I, I don't think so. I still think there's an endpoint where human history stops and everything is changed. Right, but I don't we would think we use the is,
0: word renewed, not destroyed. Although and,
1: lately I've been thinking, because this is a conversation I had with with a, with a friend of mine who would said, if we believe in new creation, new creation is the ordering, of, is the reordering of justice in the world to bring justice and mercy and redemption back. Mm-hmm. His question is, is like even all of our our human spaces right now are ordered around injustice. So like we build highways through over the Rhine to make sure we separate the folks in the suburbs from the folks in the city. Like those are intentional decisions that are that people have made that lead to injustice. Right. So those physical spaces have to be uprooted and destroyed. Mm-hmm. And so we were joking at actually at breakfast this morning with a friend. And I was like, so that sort of makes the new in new creation. We all become like day laborers whose job it is to build right. like a just yeah, society with just roads and just buildings. Cause he and would the-
0: say, yeah, if God's justice were to come, you can't have Price Hill and Indian Hill where mm-hmm. those two places, don't distinctly get don't like each mm. other or would not get along. He would say, for God's justice to really come, for us all to be, to see each other how we're supposed to, those places have to be torn down and rebuilt. It's just been like it's one of my. Which is interesting. One, oh, my, interesting. one of
1: my sort of personal journeys right now is to say, okay, I've thrown out this sort of bad fundamentalism that I inherited as a Christian, yeah. but it's left a gap, and I have to come up with at least for myself a more cogent system of this is what I think will happen. And then, and then I just try to read as much as I can, and then I become like really. A wash and okay, well, there's like 75 theories, and I don't really know what any of means because I got to make sure my kids get to soccer practice. Like that's, (laughs) but I, but I think that goes with what you're talking about a few minutes ago. With I can be the hands and feet of God and making sure my kids get to soccer practice is actually probably the most important theological thing right. I do. Is
2: even And even more than that, in Judaism we have a phrase called tikkun olam repairing the world, mm-hmm. so we're very social action focused, yeah. and right. um, how can we be I guess God's vessels here on, on earth? Alright, question country.
0: then. Uh, what are your thoughts on like or what, reform Judaism on like modern day Israel? Like, is it um, hey, that, that geographical place is important and we still need to go and like nationalist sort of deal or you're like hey you know what what's going on there is what's going on there it has nothing to do with here or I mean I don't I'm only asking because I really yep. I've heard so many like Susan would be like those Palestinians need to get out of there because they're all evil horrible people and the Jews need that land where then I've met Caleb who's a Jewish and he would say the exact opposite oh no I think it's all ridiculous over there.
2: Well I just wrote my thesis on a topic related to Israel. Ooh, so let's hear it. I really do believe that Israel is important it's not just Um, A homeland for Israelis, but for all Jews, and should be this Jewish homeland, um, as well as being important to many other religions. And so I wrote my thesis on Women of the Wall. Women Women Mm. of the Wall is an organization. It's a prayer group. That they are a multi-denominational prayer group, and they're striving to pray at the Western Wall. But they're not allowed. The Wailing Wall. Um, they have to stay over to the. To the wait, side, there's right? a well. The western wall is governed by the ultra orthodox. Mm-hmm. Ultra orthodox. The ultra orthodox, yes, and so the women are trying to pray out loud and with a Torah scroll. They want to pray with their. Because we were there, shals.
0: yeah, and all the girls in our group were like, "What do you mean I can't go where the guys can go? I'm <laughs> like, Sorry, guys, we get to go. You stay over here." Well,
2: that's it's, so it's divided. The men have about three quarters of yes. the wall, and the women have a quarter. And but. Which is traditional for, for Orthodox Judaism, the men and women pray separately mm-hmm. with a divider. Right. Um, so they keep their focus on God, on prayer. But the women who want to go and pray, who are Reform or conservative or even modern Orthodox, and want to be able to wear their prayer shawls, those rituals aren't, um, aren't allowed in ultra-Orthodox Judaism. So oh. many times they're d- detained or even arrested oh, for wow. wearing a prayer shawl or singing out loud or Mm -hmm. trying to pray, they haven't been able to get a Torah scroll into the area, Mm. because in ultra-Orthodoxy, they believe that only the men can read read the Torah, Torah, right? So I interned with them during my year in Israel, and it it was the only time- Did you get detained? I did not get detained, but it was the first time and only time my mom told me she would be proud of me if I got arrested. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Actually, yesterday, May 10th was yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. So in 2013, I, it was my last month there in Israel before I finished my year in Israel and for rabbinical school. And I had been interning with the group the whole year, and they wouldn't let me wear my prayer shawl because they said if I was to be detained, I could have my student visa taken away. Oh. So I, would, I was a blogger for the, for the group. Wow. And so the last month, they let me wear my prayer shawl, and they let me lead the service oh. as well and that day three thousand ultra ultra-orthodox men and women came to protest against women of the wall Mm. and there were about 300 of women of the wall um women and men praying with us and it was the first time that the police made a human barricade to protect us so we could pray in peace oh wow Wow. i will never forget i had a fight or flight moment yeah i I knew that i had a purpose i had to lead the service but i was so scared there was they were throwing coffee and chairs at us and rocks and they were whistling to drown out our voices in prayer so Did
1: the, people here don't you understand it. how tense everything is there because they, there's this sort of idea that there's palestinians and there's jews
2: R- right and not realizing that even the jews there's are gigantic fighting
1: div- in the, right. and the palestinians are fighting each other like there's gigantic divisions inside each group which makes any sort of progress really difficult because right. you can't get everybody on board right
2: so the struggle isn't just for um, yeah, equality it, with gender, but also with pluralism, religious pluralism, yeah. with allowing other liberal streams of Judaism to have equal rights there in yep. Israel, which is right. something we're in America we're good at. But
0: yeah, I was amazed at not even just Palestinian and Judaism, all every time we went to a different place, I'm like, okay, now who owns this place? <laughs> who is like? There are so many, even within Christendom, so many divisions and people. Although I did feel a yep. cheesy like connection to the land like while I was there I was like praying like God I know you're probably laughing at me and you probably think I'm silly but I really feel connected <laughs> to this land it's powerful it's very powerful of, It's So rude I, I tell
1: people all the time and this isn't something I would have said before I went that um, that if you're going to sit inside of these faith traditions and I imagine Islam has a, has a similar pull mm-hmm. this is a place you should go visit this is a place you should go and be connected to um, Israel in particular like I can't imagine I can't imagine being a Christian anymore without having been connected to the land like Mm -hmm. having gone there and seen. The
0: Islamic dudes like Tel Aviv air uh, the airport that's where the end battle is gonna happen like the guy that's here and he's a really nice guy and the Clifton mosque he's like the end battle it's all gonna happen right there where that airport is and I'm like really and he's like, yeah. I was like, wow, I didn't know.
1: It's not close to Megiddo. <laughs> That's what he said. And I was
0: like, because uh, I asked I was like, will I be there? And he's like, nope.
1: <laughs> I was like, okay. Cool. And
0: I was like, will you be there? He's like, maybe. Probably. <laughs> I was like, okay. Well, doesn't
1: sound that bad then. I don't know.
0: I won't be there. Good luck to you guys. He's like, you don't get to fight. I was get, like,
1: okay. All right. <laughs> I don't, you don't really want me fighting anyway. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <I'm> not... <laughs> uh, um, do you guys do you believe in like heaven hell sort of deal?
2: We believe in heaven.
0: Goddamn! What is heaven exactly?
2: Wow. Well, well, we don't have a set notion of what. Right. Heaven, what do so. you believe exactly? No, I believe.
0: Right now, um, Ali is not I'll representing see. all of Reformed Judaism. Thank you. Only herself.
2: <laughs> I would like to believe that there is some heaven where I guess we're reunited, or my soul maybe will be reunited with my loved ones and with the rest of my family, and right. and hopefully be close to God, even closer to God. So,
0: if you live a life like adamantly rejecting, let's say God, or, or maybe you stand for hatred, or something like that, when you die, you just cease to exist sort of deal, or?
2: I don't think so. so it, well, in Judaism, we do believe that we repent here mm-hmm. for the sins, so that's why we don't have hell. So, uh, Yom Kippur is our mm-hmm. holiday of repentance, and so, all of our sins we repent for on that holiday each year right um so we do our you know we're punished here while we're on earth right. Not. Mm. In the what about
0: non-jewish people or they or they don't matter i mean i mean i, mean, I don't mean that bad I'm just asking what do you mean like so if you are not jewish and you're bad and you don't do yom kippur so you don't repent then do they just stop existing when they die
2: i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to think so i don't know i don't know yet okay still thinking Um, about that
0: one and then because sorry these are so these are all these are all my questions with uh like with christianity heaven hell sin and uh oh i guess afterlife sin these sort of things are and evangelism those three things are kind of things that i felt like i had a very unhealthy upbringing with and i've gone to extremes of abandonment to like and like, so I, I feel like I've come to a healthy place to think about all those things, but it took me a long time to get there. That's why I'm asking. And then like... Well, what do you d- believe? With what?
2: With heaven and hell. Oh, interesting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so, would you, I, I feel like I don't want to say anything I,
1: I, I was wondering. <laughs> but my first thought was like, he's going to turn to me and ask me what I think, and then he's going to be like, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> Jason is the brains. Uh, no, so... We really have, have bought in to, and it's, it's probably not newer for me than for Jason, but this idea or the, the phrase like new creation, that, um, that God created the world and he created the world specifically and it was very good, and that uh, the entire narrative of the scriptures from Old Testament to New Testament for mm-hmm. us, would be the story of God renewing that creation. And for us, we would say it sort of ended slash started again with Jesus. Like on the, the death and the resurrection says, that's where God says, okay, I'm starting. Jesus came and represented how we are supposed to live. Mm-hmm. Self-sacrificial, pouring ourselves out for others, loving God, loving people. That's, that's, he lived the life that we are supposed to reflect when God does make everything good again and so it started with him and so then we now as christians in our modern day time will say i believe that god is going to come again and make the world as it once was make it make us who we need to be come with justice and uh his what we call the kingdom and our job is to as much as we can reflect who jesus was because if jesus is representing the new creation that's to come then when you encounter me as a christian you should be encountering new creation. So you should be encountering love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. These sort of deals, because we're supposed to pull from the future into the mod into right now, and with the idea that as we keep doing that, we're just slowly ushering in the kingdom that God will have. So that, so heaven for me is not, you know, a happy place in the clouds where oh we're all good now. Like mm-hmm. that's a, a weird fabrication. Uh, it is. So what I tell my boys is, I don't know what happens when we die. Mm-hmm. Don't know. Oh. Uh, and the scriptures don't seem to talk about it that much. Um, because there was probably our inherent beliefs that Jesus and the Bible writers just assumed that people had anyway. So I don't, it's not that, but I, what I tell them is like, I do believe that because of our faith in God, because of our faith in Jesus, then one day we will see each other again in the new creation. Like, I do think that. But I don't think it's another place, another existence, somewhere else. I think it's actually here. I think what we do here matters. I think our physicality matters. And I think our houses that we've built and our relationships that we've built and our everything we've done matters. And so that will be reflected in new creation. That's my thought on in heaven. Uh, hell, is <laughs> uh, one of the best quotes, I think you told me one time, is that we should... Um, we should we should live as if we we should hope that everyone goes to the new kingdom like to live outside of that does seem like a wrong way to live with if i start abandoning people to a hell or saying that well you're going to like cuz the the scriptures just really don't deal with that mm-hmm. that's not you know in the old testament they all go to sheol they all go down to sheol into the pit like everyone the righteous and the unrighteous alike um and the new testament really doesn't i don't feel like it's written to people who were going to hell because they that wasn't you know they were all the jews so they weren't going so it, it just really isn't dealing with it so in my world i try not to deal with it um but do i think that an adamant rejection of just life and other people uh does end up in some sort of uh, I guess so. I would say a world without God, a world with, at all, and I don't know if that's void and nothingness. I don't know if that's chaos. I don't. I, I don't. I don't think it's like lakes of fire and pitchforks and mm-hmm. demon horns. But is there an existence where God just isn't and you go there? I don't know. Um, but I want to hope that that God redeems the world, mm-hmm. like that God redeems all of creation, and so I just will live in know. that hope. And I don't need to spend my time on a fear that He wouldn't or that. You know, well, I don't think they're going or something right. like that. I so, think it's
2: part of our role as pastors, too. How was I that like, answer? good. That's was that good. pretty good? Where would
0: you now come in? And so re- I, think,
1: I think there's a very clear.
0: We've never talked about things like yep. this. <laughs> it's like the most theological we've is. ever gotten on our podcast. <laughs> you think it's like Dick and Bart jokes. Right? <laughs>
1: it's true. <And> like, <laughs> right? It's true. Um, so I think there's a. I think there's, I would add a stage to yours. I think there's, there's death. Eventually there's new creation. There's an intervening time period. So for Paul the Apostle, that right, right now we're running like twenty one hundred years of intervening time period. What happened to him? Is he asleep? Um, I tend to think there's a disembodied like soul, like what probably cartoonishly gets referred to as heaven, where there's a place where souls are. With I think what okay, Jesus like eat, calls paradise. Eating
0: fruit in the green room.
1: Yeah. Just hanging out, Kinda I guess. Yeah, like, uh, if it was like a, I think I think actually when Jesus says to the thief on the cross, you'll be today, you'll be with me in paradise, I think that this is a disembodied state while we wait for the new creation to come, whenever it comes. Um, and then I think this idea of new creation and heaven and earth coming together in the future in a physical way is what I think is the, uh, the ultimate goal. The hell thing is a little more nuanced and difficult because I think it probably talks about, I think it talks about, the New Testament talks about it more than Justin thinks it does but I don't think it gives lots of specifics. And so I really like C.S. Lewis's thought that, that when we sin and especially when we purposely sin, we dehumanize ourselves. We, we break what we were created for. And so we become less and less human. Sin is unnatural. And so it's, it's Lewis's gray town. We just go farther and farther away from God. And my guess is there's a point of either right. annihilation. And then I, but then you meet people that are just so damn miserable all the time. They're like, oh, you're already right you're already in hell you're already lonely and scared and angry and those kind of things and and the path back from that is open and wide and clear but you have to turn around like you have to and my guess is it's one step have you read the great divorce Mm
0: -mm. it's pretty good and that's his theory is like there it's in death and everyone's in this town everyone's just building the new house and the town goes on forever because people just keep wanting more and there's a bus that takes you to the next town but most people are just living in the mundane and they're not che- it's a narrative it's not obviously but and they're not choosing to go on the bus but it's it's pretty interesting but I
1: always wrestle with I've got my first encounter with Christianity was in 6th grade so 6th grade was probably 1990 for me there was like one of the, like like the Reader's Digest magazines they passed around to school was like is the year 2000 the end of time and it had this big picture of like <laughs> it was like a heavy metal album cover like with a giant demon with big wings over cities and flames I'm like the hell is that <laughs> and i'm like my parents didn't tell me anything about this and i'm reading i'm like shit this is t- i'm totally gonna get left behind and so i like i'm gonna be like there. so my first interaction yeah, with me. any of these ideas was by myself as a sixth grader yeah like not with parental guidance not with adults leading me or even other people it must people. have been scary it was terrifying yeah. and so well, i do have literally this literally how
0: they scared the hell out of you yeah,
1: i had this inherited fear of like the cartoonish hell that I can't get rid of the idea that that exists in some plane or some form because it's been beaten into my head culturally. So I like I will always probably have to hold on to some notion of there is a place where people go where God's not mm-hmm. if yep. they if they choose to at the end of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. my upbringing
0: was the same. Like if you sin uh, at all and you have not you know gotten down on your knees and asked for forgiveness for it and you are to die. Then those sins are held against you, and you will be in torment forever. Yeah. <laughs> and like, but right. uh, that I mean that was it, and it was, uh, and in my church specifically, and this is where Christianity gets so stupid. Uh, baptism was like the biggest deal. It's a magic so spell. if you were walking up the stairs to get baptized and you slip and fall and die, well, you did not get baptized, even though you, you know, were in. You didn't get baptized, so you were now in hell. Sorry. Uh, I mean, it was. And that's like, so that's the baggage I have, I have had to unpack where I was like, okay, I believe in God and I believe in Jesus and I believe in God and his activeness in the world. But I don't think these things, but it took me a lot. It took me 25 yeah. years to not think well, these things, just, you know? There's like, just this
1: weird American Puritanism that runs underneath everything here. Like this is a country founded by Puritans fleeing persecution. Right. So they all have an apocalyptic complex. They all have a fear of all government and authority and all these kind of like, And that you can't get away from that. Even if you were going to talk, I was always debating a friend of mine, not debate, we have a really good conversation about like the role of sort of Christians in politics right now. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, you know, all Christians supported Trump. I was like, well, no, no, no. Go through and look. It's like 60% 70% didn't. Especially when you get into Catholics and Orthodox and even or Protestants mm-hmm. and Anglicans and Lutherans. And these kind of like, the more mainline denominations across the board radically didn't. But those folks never get the air in the room because sort of, rabid evangelicals, the folks you're talking about have sucked all the air out of the room. Like they're controlling the conversation as this is what the voice of Christianity is. Right. And, Well, and then
0: we have a professor who thinks that his line is God gives people what they want. So he uses the Pharaoh as an example. If you're following the narrative in the old Testament, uh, God hardened, no, uh, Pharaoh hardens his heart. Pharaoh hardens his heart. Pharaoh hardens his heart. And eventually God hardens his heart with the idea that God just gave him what he wanted. Like he kept giving him opportunity to not harden his heart. But eventually God just gives you what you want. If you just keep living angry or violent, then eventually you'll just get what you want. Or maybe after death, you just get
1: what you wanted. You get how you lived sort of deal. So that's a It's interesting because we don't, These are, I don't, we've never preached through this. We've never taught. This hasn't been an right. ongoing conversation in our church ever. Because yeah. our folks don't tend to care about these. I, I think people <laughs> do. Really, like, ah, I think people do, yeah. but it's not a part of the conversation. But it still undergirds everything we do yeah. so like mm-hmm. i am dis- i wrestle
0: internally with
1: yeah. these things all i'm distinctly yeah. political in everything i do because of all of these thoughts like i have thoughts and opinions about my role in yeah. the world i right feel like people who go thoughts. to our church will be like i've never heard any of this for yeah, yeah, yeah. Of ever
2: we're also we very much focus on here and now and what can we do here right. so you even yeah. young kapoor when we're repenting it's not just about apologizing to god but we really make an effort what about the people that you've sent to here and yeah. making sure that you yeah
0: that's good that's really good Um, when do you think in the Old Testament narratives history or do do you take do you take any of it as just um, not fictional but like storytelling or then in the picture so like maybe we would say like Abraham Abraham real history starts before that Noah and the flood and the creation account is more like Narrative telling, or poetry, or or do you say it's all exactly literal?
2: Specific? I think a lot of it is narrative, Got it. and
0: or what's the word I'm looking for? Metaphorical. 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 There you go. I like
2: that too. Um, yeah, I actually took a class on intertextuality in middle right? school, and Ooh, so that we looked sounds at scandalous. It. <laughs> it was about looking at intertextual cultural repertoires, and where do we take? you know what has formed our old testament right um, and looking at other traditions and how we've actually taken stories Ooh, so from give me an example cuz i love this stuff um so the noah story is one that i studied right because
0: every cre- every culture has a noah right, story a right a flood
2: story so gilgamesh is from there mm-hmm. and then there was another name atrahasis i think his name is um but there's these other flood narratives and we i made a chart where i showed parallel yeah. how all together, three, oh, that's different, fascinating. three different cultures, and I put them together, and you could see how much we've taken from other cultures.
1: And people don't get, I get this with, because in Christianity, the big fight is over creationism, and people don't get how stylized like Genesis one and two is. Mm-hmm. That this is clearly a rebut of Babylonian. Gods, like this is right. clearly a diatribe against the Babylonian creation story. Right. And once you read it, they're like, oh yeah, it makes that total makes sense. sense. And
0: and it makes it more real and honest to me. Right. as it opposed it's, to,
1: Even like ancient rabbis never looked at it and said, oh yeah, this is how the story went. They said, no, no, this is a way of proving our God stronger than theirs. It's their eye opening. Right. Right. Yeah, like, and it makes the story so much it. better. But I'm some like insane liberal for believing that. I'm right.
0: like, this is do you think the flood really happened in the world? Do you think it was the entire world? Do you think it didn't happen at all? Or do you think it was like the known Mediterranean? I don't know. I mean, uh, it could world. have been a
2: metaphor still for right. something that's yeah. happened or for having to, you know, uh, you know, they have different lessons that you see. Right. Versus which verses they want to leave Wait, in and which ones they want to leave with out. The way that with we, the point that they're trying to show.
0: With the way we look at it, it's just another story of new creation again. Look where God's creating mm-hmm. new one. Um, what about uh, Aronofsky's Noah? Did you like that movie? Did you see the movie Noah? Oh, I with saw Russell it, With yeah. Russell Crowe? I, see, I thought it was awesome, yeah. yeah it was good. Um, I didn't see Christians it. Christians hate that movie. or uh, so Conservative great. Christians. Yeah. Um, do you think the world's only 5,700-whatever years old, that uh, traditional... Like uh, or more Orthodox Jews think, isn't it five thousand seven hundred eighty-five? I get the I get the American 8. Israelite at Red Tree every week, so it always has the date up there, so I always see the date. <laughs> that's awesome.
1: <laughs> it, it comes 5, every 7, week. Seven,
2: eight. I think that's what it is. Is that what it is? Um. So we have a Hebrew calendar, which right. We run on the a lunar calendar, right. that, But we have a Hebrew calendar and then also the regular calendar
0: that we go got. In, so. Cause Susan would say. And she's actually a scholar. I mean, she went to a lot of school, and I'll ask her, Susan, do you really think this, being someone intelligent, the world's only 5,000 years old? She's like, no, but I'm going to go with it. And I was yeah. like, that's all right, fair enough. I wish it. more Christians could say that. <laughs> yeah. You know what? No, but I'm going to go with it.
1: <laughs> um, which I love. <laughs> did did, you, guys, did, you, a great did you guys have to study Job?
2: Um, I didn't take the Job class. It was an elective. So, um, cause, cause, so we didn't I, take I, it, it either.
1: And I asked my Old Testament professor, I said, why don't we take this class? He goes, it is the most difficult Hebrew in the Old Testament. Like he said, in terms of the language, he said, there's so many words that we don't really know what they mean. And so many wow. conjugate and the weird kind. And he said his best bet is that this is an old Canaanite story that that Hebrews took in and then centered around Yahweh. But it still has all these vestiges of like so, sort of Canaanite gods and this retribution themes and these kind of ideas. Um the, it was, he's like, but you guys can't handle the Hebrew on that. He's like, honestly, most of us can't handle the Hebrew on it. It's really difficult. Wow.
0: Do you find your interactions with Christians to be positive or not positive or neutral or <laughs> negative?
2: I think it's positive. I don't, I don't look at people as like, oh, what religion? It's not the first mm-hmm. thing I think of. Mm-hmm. See, I'd like to I because li- I, I'm fascinated
0: are. by it and I, it makes them more intriguing to me.
2: Well, if you look at even at Red Tree, right, we have a group of friends. People, I mean, that's something I think about. But I would say, but yeah. I, I think feel each like it has depth own, and interesting
0: thoughts. Uh, well, it becomes even if you're there. It's become so no,
1: polarized. Fine. I'm afraid to talk about being a Christian in a lot of circles because I know that some people have negative experiences with right, Christians. Right, because they think
0: like Donald Trump. Yeah,
1: or well, same what with like Jews, and now yeah, like, absolutely, are they
2: someone going to be anti-Semitic? You know, yeah. things,
1: I think. Yeah, it's true. And so it's one of those, like, I appreciate, and I think Justin does a nice job of this. Justin could just always ask honest questions for people, and, and nobody ever assumes there's any motive underneath them. Mm-hmm. And so it means that people get to have good conversations, or right. just honest conversations about, oh, what right. do you practice, and what do you believe, and those kind of things. You would never walk into many circles like, oh, tell me what you believe about heaven and hell. Like, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> but we just did and had a good conversation it was with fun. three similar beliefs, like, the similarities and differences. But there's in the world today, those kind of conversations aren't possible anymore.
2: It's sad. Or
1: you have to be wary of
2: them. Right, right. Definitely have you, conversations like this with interfaith relations enrich my life. Definitely. Have you
0: um traced your heritage ever to see how far back?
2: Yes, your my Judaism family's goes? from Russia. Okay. And actually my great great grandfather was a cantor. Ooh. So, it's in my blood that That's fun. Being a uh, Singer or uh, really worship leader
0: <gasps> like Reb Tevya? <laughs> they were the Russian Jews and in, and uh, in Fiddler on the Roof.
2: Tradition. Yes,
0: <laughs> I love <laughs> Fiddler on the Roof. It's like my favorite. And I like I, in uh, Sunday school, we used to watch it like at at church. Oh, really? To show like some traditional Judaism.
2: But I love it. Anyways,
0: <laughs> um, well, do you have any questions for us?
2: Hmm. Questions. You don't for have me.
0: to. No one ever does. But
2: well, I really loved. I remember when I was preparing for my interviews we talked about leadership styles Ooh, oh, that's loved right your idea oh my
0: my dorothy wizard of oz one yeah, and then yeah. The horse. it is a good one you've heard that right i don't know hey yeah, it's what we do it's yeah <laughs> it's what we do it's
1: i i actually went down a rabbit hole like leadership podcast the other day and it was all like ex-military dudes like it was through, a, right. through that uh, art, of, art of manliness podcast i was like it's of these do like some of it was just common sense of like Oh, your people have got to be prepared for emergencies. Your people have got to be able, like trained well enough that emergencies don't phase them, and so you trust them to get I'm Like okay, but it was interesting to listen to as he talked about stuff I was like, oh man, his sort of mindset about the world is so entirely different than mine, and right. what it means to lead and what it means to serve. Cause dude was a dude was a commander in the Marines, and then as a commander of the the Fire Department of New York, which is its own sort of like right. like super compact and loyal group. And I was like, we just have some fun. Like, even the way he uses the word service is different than the way that I would use the word service. But he talked a lot, and I was like, oh, we do – I have a non – I don't know what to say about what I think about leadership. I just know that I have ideas, and I don't know always what to do with them. We don't articulate them all the well, time. Well, and so. I don't know
0: if it's jumped into the rabbinical world, but it definitely has in the church world. It's like this trend of leadership books that it's all about how to be this type A leader who – you know, motivates people and gets them to go. And, like, basically, i almost like a military leader. Yeah, yeah. And we've or adamantly reject suit. that style. Yeah. And, a, and it's also a thing that says you have to be the... Uh, Type set for everyone else in your church, and if you're not that, then you're not gonna be a good leader. And we've we definitely uh, I'm just not, that a, good, out, I'm just not is, a good leader, hence the master <laughs> pastor title. Because just, it's just made peace with the fact I'm yeah, not a good leader, <laughs> um, but it kind of made me sick myself my stomach for a long time because I don't feel like it's the kind of leadership that Jesus was. Or when we read the Bible, like there are no good leaders in the Bible, like even the good ones are like. Broken, flawed people. Well, every time
1: somebody's like, like, "Oh, could you have a biblical marriage?" I'm like, "I'm gonna cheat on my wife."
0: Yeah, I'm gonna cheat on my wife. Like
1: Jacob had, like Jacob had, like like so (laughs) many wives, and
0: they all have sex with so many people. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm reading David.
1: I'm reading David's story right now. Like everything, he just." He like, Oh, you want and David took seventy two wives from this town. I'm like,
0: What the what the hell? Well and my favorite thing about the David story is that there is a moment where he becomes a Philistine. Him and his dudes, yeah, they become the enemies of God's people and God's like down with that. Yeah, I'm so bless you and you're and he, he raises up to the ranks of the Philistines because, you know, Saul's rejecting yeah, him also bad and I'm like, What do you say? He's a bad guy right now, but he's the good guy of the story like it's ludicrous. It's one like of my it's, it's
1: one of my texts though. If somebody comes to me, I have some combative atheist friend like, "Well, it's all made up." I'm like, "If you're gonna make it up, you wouldn't make this up." Yeah. It's the worst made up religion ever if it's made up because the leaders are all terrible. They're all flawed people. It's not. We don't. There aren't any stories in the in the Bible of like G, uh, George Washington cutting down the cherry tree. Like that's a, right. it's a it's a lie. Right. It's a lie. Americans tell themselves about how good their founding fathers were. We don't have those in the Bible. All we've got is a bunch of flawed and broken people, right. both old and new testament. And the
0: closest one would be Job, and he's made up.
1: <laughs> but now you got fired. Oh, great!
0: Um, I did have another. Ooh, what are the other episodes of Bastard Pastors that you listened to?
2: Okay, I listened to. Let's see. Um, I can't remember her name. She's an accent. She's oh Mandy. Mandy.
0: She's Australian, mate. Australian. Yeah. Yes. That was good. I listened Wrong. to her. It kind of goes British. J- J- oh man! J- 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 so women,
2: women, pastors unite. I'm J- trying
0: to work on my Boston accent, and I can't yeah. do it. I'm really trying real Australian. hard. Australian.
1: That's what he says. <laughs> because
0: I'm like, pack the car and have it, yeah. <laughs>
1: that's
0: That's all I can do. I can't translate into like, if I was Boston, I don't know how to city in talk to you. Like, that, I guess is what I'm, I'm working on. It. Anyways. Oh, that sounds I a little York more Brooklyn. I walk and I
2: talk like. and I live in New York and yeah. I like to drink water and coffee. Oh, that that's good. good. Not sure. for nothing,
0: but uh, <laughs> that's, that's all I got from my New York. Uh, all right anyways, the listen to Mandy. Hers was good, right? Mm-hmm. Do you, you feel go. any as in now in the rabbi world, you know, she talked a lot about like just she has to be more conscious of how Low she dresses yeah, and I heard all that, that. About do that. you have do you have those sort of feelings too?
2: Um definitely something that comes well, it doesn't come up a lot, but there's been times in where congregants will say something. Usually not about my dress, but about my hair. I have very long yeah. hair. Oh, you do have the so longest hair in the world. They'll say something like, "Oh, are you going to be cutting your hair when you go to your next synagogue?" And I was like, "Oh, it's not up to them." But right.
0: <laughs> right, right. is there a reason for your hair? You just I just really love like long it. hair. It's cool. So, it yeah. is for those of you who can't see, sometimes super long.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Sometimes I think it's just something for people, you know, because maybe they don't know what to talk about or yeah. starting a conversation. Um, but yeah, it um, could be
0: judgmental, yeah. though.
2: I don't know. I definitely think about. I like to wear clothing that is going to be. I call it rab-wear. so appropriate. Rab-wear. I don't want it you to take start away your own from Marketing what
0: rab-wear. I'm,
2: I'm Allie, and yeah. I'm, a, I'm a female rabbi, yeah. and I have rab-wear <laughs> for
1: all of you. Is it, yeah. <laughs> do you wear yeah. like? Do you have robes and like? sacramental clothing you have to wear. We
2: wear many of the synagogues where I am now. I'm at Temple Sholom in Cincinnati. I've been the rabbinic intern for three years there and we wear robes for high holy days okay. only. What are your robes uh, like? They're white robes. So it's ah. kinda like I think it resembles angels. I've never Ooh. wore a
1: robe ever. I always joke the, the three times I've been to Jerusalem and walked around the old city there's they sort of cater to Catholics and Orthodox like clothing stuff and there's this beautiful robe that has this the Great Jerusalem cross on it and I want it. to have everything and I want to so, but if, if I walked you in I'm like yeah if oh, I walked okay. in our church on a Sunday morning wearing that it'd be over the service would be over um, right we went there to the, there.
0: we went to the Church of the Holy, Holy Sepulchre and like in there there was these Catholic priests with these giant beards and they have these staffs and like these big black robes and they're just sitting there staring at you as you walk past you may enter you may stop and I'm always like you were the scariest person I in the wanted, whole world. So much. I know. I'm like, no, that would be cool to have that present because they just stand there gleaming at you, and you're like, "I'm sorry for whatever I've done." <laughs> we were at the we were at the I church of like Nativity. Oh, maybe that's the one I was talking about. Church we of
1: Nativity, and a Catholic group started singing a hymn while we we're waiting to go down. Not the whole sepulchre, yeah, the Nativity. And uh, this this Orthodox priest came around the corner, like slamming that staff into the wood floor, like "Shut up!" And I was like, "This is." awesome this, this and uh, our guy was like if they were orthodox he wouldn't have made him stop singing he's just doing that because they're catholic you know just like these little petty power struggles that i think are they're sort of quaint sort of like small town politics except like if it screws up world war three starts <laughs> uh we
0: met this one palestinian dude who was telling us about like the he was a christian a palestinian christian and he was telling us about like the church stuff in the little neighborhood that they're at and I guess what he was saying is in Jerusalem, the way a lot of like social justice things happens is like churches, like Catholic churches, they know, hey, you want to serve the poor. Um, so instead of us having a government, that agency that will serve the poor, the government will give you some money. Jerusalem will give you or Israel will give you some money so that you can serve the poor. But your, their church has to maintain a certain like status quo. So when these Christians come in and like maybe some of the Catholics start coming to their church. They sent a brute squad at these guys to to intimidate them oh to be God. like you can't be and it's not because they don't want them to take their people they don't want their numbers to dwindle so that they stop receiving money from the government but like they have brute squads there I'm like how do we get a brute squad I right now that'd be awesome we have a legion <laughs> just,
1: just wander around Oakley and threaten other churches I would <laughs> totally be into that <laughs> um
0: oh what other ones you listen to do? M- Mandy's any other one Mandy's um. Allie was really nervous about, you know... We, <laughs> like, you are the sec, first I guest like since N.T. right. I just so. like
2: to do my homework and be prepared. There's
0: that. not much <laughs> homework to do. There's
1: not much homework to do here.
0: <laughs> I had no idea. I was like, well, I guess we'll talk to you about Judaism. This is
1: the worst... It's gotta be the worst... It can't be the worst podcast, because there's a lot of dummies podcasting, but there's... It's yeah. a Yeah. Uh, uh, this just, is like the most we're serious just, one we've we're ever just had. We're just talking. We like talk like about there, there really is no stuff. overarching like, thought or premise. When we sat down with N.T. Wright, he's like, what? <laughs> he was like, is this it? I'm like, <laughs> <Yeah>. yep. <laughs> is that not good enough? Just,
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> tell some jokes. Uh, what, uh, so it was, was the other trying
2: one? I was to get funny. Oh, I, well, I was going to was gonna make it funny with the cattle drive that I told you about. Oh. The leadership cell. That's right. Oh, right. yeah. Uh, yeah. Should we tell you about it? Tell it. Okay, so every summer my mom and I go on a this cattle drive. This is actually pretty awesome. A cattle drive? Yes, like, city, like city, slickers? city slicker style, exactly. So we ride horses and we move cattle. And this is
0: what the speech you gave to the rabbis, right? Well, when they asked the you about life. your leadership style. Yes, yes. This is this is a good this is good this is a good story to have in your pocket.
2: <laughs> and so um, every summer we go on a cattle drive, and when you're leading when you're moving cattle, you move from the back, and it's a lot of teamwork. You have to herd the cattle to greener pastures, to more water. So when I went in for my year in Israel in rabbinical school, I missed the cattle drive with my mom. So I was in Israel and I was like, let me find another place where I can go and work on a ranch for because I had a break Mm -hmm. just one week off. And I was matched with this farm, this ranch, Dromi ranch in the Negev desert. And they said there's horses and you're going to help move animals. And I get there and they're not cows, but they are sheep. Sheep. And I soon learn that you don't move sheep on horseback, but by foot. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my goodness, what am I what have I gotten myself into? Do
0: you lead sheep on the back still? From the
2: front, From you're the right. Front. So shepherd style, like Moses. Right. And they really do use a rod or yeah. a wooden stick. And so here I am, they're teaching me how to lead the sheep. So would the sheep follow you? Yeah, the sheep follow you. Because, I didn't because know you have the was crook, going, but... because you have the staff, or
1: they
0: just follow no, they you because follow you're a person.
2: Because you you're in the front, you're leading. You're so you just
1: tolerant. blew up. You just blew up like two thirds of like crappy Christian devotional writing, which talk about how the sheep only follow the shepherd that knows because he knows their voice. <laughs> Wait like, so... no, they just follow <laughs> they just anyone. Follow. Oh, so much Christian devotion you just destroyed. <laughs>
2: so, so here I am, leading the sheep and so I began to think about with leadership sometimes you have to lead from the back, you have to be the one encouraging Sometimes you have to be in the front, the visionary. You have to know where you're headed. Right. In order to, well, hopefully you know where you're headed. <laughs> and then, but for me, I really like to. My favorite place to lead is from the center, being with people. Yeah. And I think only then can you really know where you need to be. Do right. you need to grab their hand and be right with them? Do you need to be the encourager, the leader? Boom! That's that's gold right there, man.
0: Well, that's write the, A
1: book. Yeah. That's the, that's, that's the, the good. That's the good. Like Exodus Deuteronomy <laughs> teaching, right? Is that the center of God? The God is always at the center of the camp. Mm, right. Like right, the camp all Tabernacle God, style, right. always in the center because God's presence in the center. Some guys are up front, some guys are in the back, but it's all radiating from this one central okay. presence. Boom. That was my Torah My It question is good. Bat mitzvah. There you go.
0: <laughs> it is a good one. I feel like, I bet they were like, wow, good answer. You know, most people just say, I don't know. What, what do most <laughs> what? people say? Uh just, you know, tell people what they ought to hear and they listen. That's your leadership speech. <laughs> Tell <That's funny. laughs> people they ought to hear and they listen. It's always country people too. I, have you noticed that anytime I'm like if you want to be
1: disparaging? You if I'm the country every
0: voice. time like when I'm like preaching or anytime else, if I want to like make fun of something, I drop into country voice. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I... but to be fair, where I'm from, the country people, We're all the dumb people. Where are you from? Virginia. Virginia. So. uh... But here, I guess, there's a lot of Kentucky people, and that doesn't make as much well, sense. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I can make that joke. I make that joke all day. <laughs>
0: or when I do Monty's voice, he is like overly country. Hey, y'all, how's it going? That's my Monty. He used to be. I think he
1: used to have a more, a more yeah. Drive. I think Candace has knocked the country out of, out of him a little bit.
0: So you leave for Florida in three weeks. Three weeks. Are
2: you nervous? Um, I'm gonna miss it. A little nervous. I'm more sad. I didn't. I mean. I didn't expect to be this sad. It's such a bittersweet time. And you
0: sort of made some friends here at the idea. end. <laughs>
2: I'm leaving a temple family. I'm leaving, leaving a coffee tree family. Yeah. She, I uh, just...
0: there was like a whole, we see a movie every Thursday night, um, which you can check out our other podcast. I was going to say, have you been, have you been uh, on the other podcast uh, as well? Uh, um, I can't one. even think of the name of our <laughs> yeah. podcast. Um,
1: tell Brett, Brett, um, Movie guys. Cinema guys. He doesn't listen to it. He doesn't listen to it. Cinema
0: guys. Um, but. Uh, you
1: could be. Now you could bet you you're on two podcasts. Two podcasts. Mm. Um, oh,
0: you podcast. could see. We haven't done Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 2 yet. Mm. We did a Gardens of the Galaxy 1 last week, right before we went to go see Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So now we're going to do Gardens of the Galaxy 2. And you went and saw it. And you had not right. seen the first one. Right. And so I she went know, I not seeing the name. first one, went and see it.
1: You know my favorite Guardians of the Galaxy story from the first one? In the first one, Drax, the muscle-bound guy, mm-hmm. at one point he refers to, I forget her name, the female character. Z- Zora? Zora as Gamora? The, as the green Gamora. whore. the green whore. And uh, so Christmas Day, we're at Kim's grandmother, my wife's grandmother's house, and we watched the movie, and it's like quasi-inappropriate, sort of with like your grandmother, right? jokes But it's not too bad. But then we get done, and Kim's like, all right, boys, time for bed. And my, my youngest looks at Kim and goes, quiet, you green whore. And I died. Like, that was the funniest <laughs> I've ever seen.
0: You give it like the Drax laugh to the, ha, ha, <laughs> you <a> whore. <laughs> but
1: like everybody laughed uncomfortably, like, oh, we don't know how to react to this. And I can't stand up. I'm right. laughing so hard.
2: Now,
0: you do have a pretty big gap in your pop culture knowledge.
2: I do. Yeah. Uh-oh. Every
0: time I make a reference at Retro you're like, uh you haven't seen it. I don't Oh know man. That. So a movie's not your so. thing.
2: No, I love movies, but I don't I don't know. There's also it's, there's it's a little the... generational gap too. Ooh. There is
1: a generational Ooh. gap. <laughs> well, how
2: old I you? guess. How old are you? Well, I tested into college two years early. Oh
0: well. How old are so you? I'm,
2: I might be the youngest female rabbi Oh really? <gasps> How do you know this
0: for a fact? When can you find out the facts? I'm 24. Are you really? Are you 24? I was going like 26, 28. I knew you were younger. I'm
2: almost, I'll be 25 in June. Okay, well then that, maybe (laughs) i
0: I recant my pop culture knowledge that you're just from a completely different pop culture. (laughs) You still know about like Power Rangers and stuff. You played Pogs? You played Pogs? Yeah.
2: Yeah, say
1: that. Wow, yeah, My brother,
0: my brother taught me
2: that.
0: Yeah, Pogs is the generation gap. And Pokemon, that was before us. Pokemon. And, Yeah. yeah. So what's like... When you think of, like, man, the best movie that I saw growing up, it would be...
2: Ooh, that's hard. Just, Just
0: throw one out there. What's the first thing that came to mind?
2: I like Parent Trap. Oh, wait, hold
1: on. The
0: remake? Hallie Mills or... Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan! <laughs> Lohan. No!
1: The Hallie Mills one. We watched Bliss We watched, bliss from we watched the Halle Mills one probably... Oh, I did ...probably once a month growing up. The songs
0: are even better. They don't talking. sing in the Lindsay Lohan one, no, they do they? Don't, no. it, they don't. They have they the handshake the, thing, but that's the, what this Oh, This is yeah.
1: pre-drugs Lindsay Lohan, right? Like the yeah, pre, she's a little like, girl. And the
0: sticks, the with the mountain lion with the mom. Right, right. I remember that. And it was
2: the same I mean, I
0: saw it. Don't get me wrong. Lindsay both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did Hallie Mills. So oh, Hallie right. Mills. Did you ever watch Saved by the Bell? Yeah. Did you ever watch the junior high years when they were in junior high? Yes. Miss Bliss, their teacher. Mm-hmm. She was the Parent Trap girl. Oh my goodness. When I it, mean geez. that movie was before me oh, that, too. That I think that movie was my mom's age. Yeah, because like my 60's parents Disney liked it. Movie. Um, about like Freaky Friday. Yeah. And, yeah. And all that, but, which is not. There's another remake of that. That's funny. The awesome Lindsay, Lindsay Lohan. Lohan, Lohan Freaky Friday. Oh, she is. Yeah. Oh, it's um, uh, the one that Kim looks like. The girl that Kim looks like. Shelly Long. No. Oh,
1: you think Shelly Long, huh? Kim says Shelly. Kim uh, says she. Uh, hears no, she uh,
0: I always see it. It's the girl. Yeah, Silence of the Lambs. My brain's gone. Oh, Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. I've heard Kim is Jodie. I think Friday. she looks like. Jo- but yeah, Jodie Foster is uh, Freaky Friday, little, the original one. Wow, Lindsay Lohan remake of Parent Trap. <laughs> Well, I do feel old. I think that's it. We It's a pretty long one, man. An hour. Yeah, an that's hour. A, usually they're like... A, indie Wright didn't even go an hour. Yeah. Boom.
1: He was done with us 10 minutes after we he was like, yeah, Oh I'm my gosh, like, what am I doing, doing on, with my yeah. time? <laughs> I need some
0: bloody tea. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, well, hey, thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you you are the so best. Much for oh, Ally's having a so party. A going look. away party. Yes. If you're in town on Monday, Friday, Tuesday, the...
1: Twenty-third.
0: You can just say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday the 23rd at Red Tree Heart Galley and Coffee Shop, a local place here in Oakley. <laughs> <Red> <laughs> Today's like the day of plugs. Red Tree? Never heard of it. Red Tree? Never heard of it. You mean Mad Tree? I go to the Christian. Red Christian,
2: Feather? I go to the
1: Christian
0: coffee oh, shop. Oh, yeah. No deeper dishes. No place in
2: Boca Raton can ever replace Red Tree coffee. Oh. That's
0: right. uh, you're probably right. It's Florida. They don't do coffee or beer. It's a that billion
2: degrees make. there all the time. Why would you drink coffee? <laughs> I'll be the <laughs> only one. I can it.
1: never drink
2: uh, coffee there. I would sweat just walking outside where's Boat Raton in the Florida it's in the it's in the south south half hour from Fort Lauderdale
1: predominantly older congregation is your congregation older
2: well with the preschool oh that's right yeah yeah.
1: that makes sense I just assume everybody in Florida is (laughs) retired
0: alright when's your first sermon
2: actually I gave my first sermon already Uh, it It wasn't an official sermon well I I don't know
0: when's your first official one
2: um, well, I start July 1st, so we'll see. Probably Ew. that month. But I was there for Passover looking for an apartment. Mm. Week of Passover. like nice. the good true I am. Did I'm you wondering. find an apartment? I did, and I got to celebrate Passover with the synagogue. Mm. And we had our... Um, Shabbat service on the beach, oh, that's fun. commemorating the splitting of the sea, did right Did you split on the, the sea? Beach. We did, we split the sea. That is awesome!
1: <laughs> <laughs> did you walk across on dry land? I'll convert tomorrow. <laughs> no, if you, if they had, went, we sea. didn't YouTube it, we Shabbat should they have. have we had they yeah. had all the kids, Next year.
2: all the kids ran into the water. Oh, that's fun. really cool. It's not dry! <laughs> I thought it was be dry! i got my phone!
1: You made them all the Egyptians in the story. <laughs> <laughs> They're stuck
0: in the water. Oh. That's awesome. And And don't be the Egyptians, people.
1: And this is why you never teach a lesson.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, thank
1: you.